what's going on inside Washington, D.C., what regulators and lawmakers are thinking and working on, and what you and your credit union should be focused on in terms of risk areas and areas of opportunity. I'm your host, Ann Petro, SNAFQ's Vice President of Regulatory Affairs, and today I am joined by Jason Cave, who is Deputy Director and Head of FinTech Strategy at the Federal Housing Finance Agency. Jason oversees the agency's look into innovation and the use of technology in mortgage lending and servicing. Thank you, Jason, for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here, Anne. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you and to talk about what the FHFA and your office has been up to lately. Let's dive in, great. if you don't mind. That sounds good. Well, first, uh, I want to thank you and and ask you for uh, your comment letter. You uh, you guys provided us some very good insights when we started our journey. Oh gosh, last uh, July we put out an RFI. Uh, wanted to get the uh, the best thinking of of participants in the market on where we should uh, engage in this fintech journey, and uh, your organization provided us with some uh, good advice, good counsel. And uh, you know, importance of working with NCUA. So we've been working with Charles Weiss over there, who's their uh, 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 fintech uh, officer, and uh, reaching out to uh, to credit unions to get a sense of what it's like in the ground uh, for uh, for adopting some of the uh, the, the current tech. Uh, so uh, really appreciate that. Um, you know, your your comment letter. I was looking at it again today. Talked about you know, the importance of addressing the challenges of, uh, of consumers, consumer adoption. And it reminded me that, you know, we create the best mousetrap, we can create the most brilliant technical solution to any problem. But if we forget the uh, customer experience, forget it. And I think it's probably why you know, credit unions are on the uh, the cutting edge of some of this because you know credit unions generally start with the the consumer customer need and then go there. So uh, you know, I've had a bunch of discussions with uh, credit unions of all sizes, and uh, I'd say they uh, they're definitely tech forward and uh, trying to find you know just the best most efficient ways to scale the uh, technology so that they could uh, deploy it in the most cost-efficient manner possible. Um, I think that that's, that's always a challenge. You know, it's easy to adopt a new tech platform or new piece of software that's going to solve all the problems, but that's an expensive, uh, you know, proposition. And if you can't get the uh the efficiencies up front it, it ends up uh you know it can be end up being more expensive than what you were going into so i think some of those challenges are important for for everyone to uh, to better understand uh so i've i've been uh you know really enjoying some of those discussions so 
That's great. I'm glad to hear that you've had a lot of productive conversations with credit unions and with Charles Weiss at the NCUA. He is fabulous. Um, and that you know collaboration between agencies is really important, especially in an area like this where you know technology can have such an outsized impact on institutions and I think you're 100% correct in saying that credit unions always put their their members first. I mean, we know that, and I'm glad that you know the FHFA and, and others are recognizing that as well. Um, I mean, technology can uh, you know really revolutionize the way a consumer interacts with your institution and organization, uh, but it can have its pitfalls and, you know, adopting new systems and platforms to, to legacy platforms can uh, create a, a host of problems. And so thinking about the consumer experience is definitely top of mind for our members. You know, it was, um, you know, we talk about, uh, spent a lot of time with Fannie and Freddie on some of their automated underwriting systems and tools, day one certainty and aim which um, you know have the potential of really creating some uh, some efficiencies, you know, both in the cost of getting a mortgage and the time to close, and uh, you know, using you know direct source information, which all sounds very good. But uh, you know, in talking to some credit unions, it really opened my eyes to the fact that some had stopped using some of those tools because they found it was more expensive than doing it manually. And that was a real eye opener to say, well, you know, that's, uh, if that's happening, we need to dig into that. That's not the normal, you know, uh, evolution of tech to go towards that and then say, it's too expensive. Let's go back to manual. So it's like, you know, what's going on there? What's, uh, what, what's causing some of those challenges. And so those sorts of direct discussions help a lot. We can go back to the enterprises and say, you know, are we hearing that elsewhere? You know, what are some of the pain points and, uh, and, and how can we, with the vendors, uh, find solutions to allow, you know, better deployment. So, uh, so I really, again, just want to thank your members for, for, for being very, uh, you know, very honest with those, uh, those things. It's, it helps. Good, good, absolutely. Um, so, could you, you know, briefly describe, kind of broadly, what the purpose and focus is of the FHFA's Office of Financial Technology or OFT? You know, what has has the office been focused on so far? Sure. So we were relatively new. Uh, director Thompson, when she became uh, the director, uh, had spent a lot of time on. Uh, interagency groups such as uh, EPSOC and had seen many of these offices in action at CFTC, SEC, OCC, um, and the like, and uh, asked me to look into it to see if it made sense for FHFA to, to set up an office as well. So we, uh, we spent a lot of time with those uh, agencies, uh, found that having a small group to go deep on the tech um uh made a lot of sense it helped their principals and senior staff develop more informed policies to really understand the current um the current uh issues and challenges going on in that space uh we uh we looked at some of the challenges in mortgage you know in an environment where you know tech has been around for upwards of 10 years plenty of fintechs doing uh different things in the mortgage space you know, it was interesting to see that uh, during that time, 
the cost of getting a mortgage almost doubled and the amount of time to close a mortgage really stayed about uh, steady at about 45 days. And so we kind of said, you know, that's that's not a uh, great set of numbers to say that innovation is actually, you know, having some foothold here. You know, we would have thought cost down and getting a mortgage a lot quicker. So uh, one of the first things we said is makes sense to have an office and it makes sense to talk to everybody that's part of this process to find out where the pain points are. Where's tech working and why? But more importantly, where where is it not and why not? And how can we collectively um, do a better job in those areas? So we've, uh, you know, that was the, the basis behind our Velocity Tech Sprint, uh, which we uh, did our first ever tech sprint with the, the great help of Joanne Barefoot and the uh, Alliance for Innovative uh, Regulation. We just put out a podcast talking a bit about that event today. Um, and uh, we had 80 people from all over the mortgage uh, uh, system uh, come together uh, in, what was that, in July, early July, so right in the heat of uh, D.C. summer, to uh, to tell us, uh, you know, in, in, and we didn't give them a lot of time. We threw them all together. We mixed up people. We created the teams. We created the problem statement, and we gave them uh, a very short amount of time to pitch a bunch of judges on uh, on ways that we could make some improvements, both uh, reduce cost, increase uh, efficiencies, and make it a more consumer-friendly and inclusive uh, process. So uh, it was a great event. We're going to have more of them. Uh, we are now uh, digesting the many great uh, suggestions that we received. We're going to bring the teams back to do a little bit more of a deep dive. We might even get Director Thompson to stop in for some of the sessions and uh, really with the idea of what can we make actionable? You know, there's a lot of problems. You can boil the ocean, a lot of interesting ideas, but what are some, you know, base hits that we could make in a short amount of time? What are some things that are going to take longer, going to take a lot of people to come together to to get their uh, their arms around? And then what are some that are really, what I almost call like moonshots, you know, really long-term things that, you know, uh, we need to start building the tracks today for, but we might not see the fruits of it for 10 years, 20 years. You know, so we're doing that now and, uh, you know, I think making some good progress there. Great. So the, the recent tech sprint that you mentioned addressed the question of how data digitization might drive transparency and increase access, fairness, affordability, and sustainability in mortgage lending. Why did you decide to start with this question? Sure, sure. Well, we thought um, it made sense to start at the beginning. So, you know, the mortgage process, uh, many steps to it. Many people uh, do different things. You know, it really is a, you know, when you think about it, we're, we're producing a mortgage. It, it is like a, an assembly line or any sort of manufacturing uh, process. And um, and along the way, there's all sorts of challenges and, and and bottlenecks. But let's start in the beginning, and so that's why. And also, it's an area where the enterprises have put out some great tools. Like I said, Day One Certainty and AIM, and some of the uh, uh, software that supports those uh, those tools. They've been around for a while. Adoption rates have not been great. So, 
kind of thought it would be good to start in the beginning and also start with something where there's actually been some uh, some work done to then really kind of try to diagnose um, what's what's been holding it back. You know why uh, why are adoption rates in the low twenties and how could we get it to the fifties? Uh, what would be the you know what what are some things we need to do? And um, and also if we do increase adoption, how much does it move the needle? You know that's a question too. Are these tools really uh, fit for purpose to actually move the needle on uh, on costs and efficiencies? Or do we need to we do we need to look at them again with a different lens and say maybe we need to be um, you know more ambitious? I'd say one of the things that the um, going into the the sprint, I thought we'd get a lot of people to come up with some very specific process improvements, but the uh, the sprinters really challenged us to think think beyond the current set of tools and uh, and be more ambitious. So a lot of the ideas we had. You know, dealt with coming up with um, really new processes and 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 uh, and where we could maybe uh, get away from trust and get to truth. Uh, you know, come up with uh, databases that could really do things um, uh, more real time and uh, rather than sequentially. So, kind of change the conveyor belt a bit. Uh, and so, uh, I was really uh, excited to see people to say, let's let's. Uh, Let's do a little bit more out of the box thinking. Let's think longer term. Let's understand that, you know, the way things are going, getting a mortgage will likely be very different in 20, 30 years. That could be good or bad. Let's let's use today as an opportunity to to, to make it a, a, a better process. So uh, so that's been that was really uh, a, a good to see. Oh, that's great. Now, how has the increased digitization of the mortgage lending process, you know, so far impacted lenders and um, borrowers. It sounds like there's been some improvement, but a bit of stagnation. Yeah, I think it's like, like anything else. Uh, it's, uh, you know, this process is, is geared towards if it's, if it's working, let's not change it. Uh, and depending on who you ask, it's working just fine. So I think that's one of the things when you have a lot of different people in the process with a, a, a small window into a piece of it, you find out that they think that they're moving their piece along just fine, thank you. Um, it's when you look at it from a totality to see that's $13,000 is a lot to produce a mortgage. 45 days is a long time to take. Um, and uh, And when you, when you look at it from that standpoint, you get a different view. And so, you know, digitalization of the mortgage process, that might sound like a great idea, but to the loan officer on the front line, it might be easier just to go with the two pieces of paper and say, give me this, you know, in hard copy. That makes my life easier. But, you know, as you then take it through the process and then the documents are not perfectly uploaded or there's questions, you know, you're dealing with paper versus versus databases and the things so that, you know, later on in the process when somebody needs something, it's a lot easier to be doing it in a digital manner than then going back to the paper. But it really depends like that. 
who you talk to in the process. That frontline person might say, that that works perfect for me. So it's again, you have to really start to look at it um, bigger picture, top line. But when you you could see why at any given stage, um, adoption might be uh, a, a challenge. You know, if the front line saw right out of the uh, out of the gate a big efficiency play from their standpoint, you might you might have greater adoption levels. Um, so it's uh, so it's important. That's why we spend a lot of time talking to each and every person in the process because uh, you get a different story. Uh, a lot of times people say, we're doing fine, it's somebody else. And I tell everybody, I'm like a cop. I'm gonna talk with everybody. We're gonna get the whole story. So don't worry, you could tell me it's somebody else and they'll tell me it's you or somebody, but that that's okay. Um, but we really wanna get as much factual, you know, solid evidence of where the challenges are so that we can come up with, uh, you know, with workable solutions. I don't think we're not, I'm, I'm relatively new to mortgage, so I have to be very careful. I, a lot of these things have already been identified by people. So it's not as if I am, you know, uh, uh, solving uh, something that people haven't spent a lot of time on, but we're just trying to put another, um, you know, take it maybe from another approach and uh, and working closely with the uh, the enterprises you know they're they're a key partner they uh their their role and the uh and the tools that they provide uh and uh are, are key so really also making sure that you know whatever we come up with is going to actually uh solve some of the challenges and not create new ones so right right well i, I definitely think it's it's human nature to point the finger at somebody else when you're intimately involved with a, a process. Um, but it sounds like your office is doing some important investigative work and, you know, you'll get down to sort of the root cause of, you know, maybe some of the inefficiencies in the system and then be able to um, come up with, and, you know, through this tech sprint process, you know, innovative solutions and, and changes to create some actual efficiency going forward and, yeah. and, and help consumers save money, right? That ultimately is, is a big part of the goal. Um, how many stakeholders did you have participate in the tech sprint and, you know, what types of organizations were, were participating? Yeah. So we had, uh, see 80 participants. Uh, I think it was upwards of 60, 65 separate organizations. We had, Really, everybody. We had lenders, we had mortgage insurers, we had uh, the fintech providers of uh, of all si of all sizes. Uh, we had, um, yeah. So it was a good good mix of. Uh, we had some investors. We also uh, augmented it with a lot of um, uh, sessions. We had uh, some webinars and some other events. So we brought in again, like venture capital types, uh, so that we can get a full uh, a full perspective on the uh, on the challenges and opportunities. So um, we had people. We had a really uh, a good following of people like senior product managers and people that were you know not not way up in the C suite, but people that were actually having to develop, having to integrate solutions, uh, both at, as lenders and also as uh, as providers. So people that actually really were at a level where they could 
come up with solutions that were um, that were were fit for purpose. So it was a a good uh, a good level of, uh, of of attendees and a lot of excitement. We're we're going to be putting out a uh, a video of the kind of some of the key highlights of the event uh, and a and a, a write up uh, that Outcome goes over. Sort of takeaways yeah. from that. Takeaways. So, forthcoming. So, yeah, that should be coming up. Yeah, that should be coming out I think later this week. So uh so we've got that. Um, like I said, we're gonna be following up with with the uh teams to to do a deeper dive and uh, we'll probably do another one of these events. I think our view was this the tech sprint was a good model to address some of the challenges that we're facing. You know, you go to a conference and people moan and groan and, you know, you have these bilateral discussions and, but they can only get you so far. I think having people come in from, from the different areas and really try to work on it together, uh, I think we found was a, was a good, a good approach. So we will, uh, we, we will do more of these. We, all of these ideas will, Will require us to go deeper, and uh, and so we expect to use our uh, our network and uh, hopefully get some additional participants. Hopefully, there's people that say, "Gee, wish we were there." So uh, hopefully, we'll have some FOMO going on here uh, <laughs> and uh, and get some more uh, participants for our next ones. And there's a lot of other ideas. You know, this mm-hmm. adoption of of the digital technology is one of the things we're working on. Uh, clearly. Uh, you know, we're working on AI, ML, uh, to see uh, where the best use cases are in the mortgage space, and there's many of them. So again, it's once again, it's what are some of that are going to provide the greatest impact, uh, working with the enterprises so that they're looking at these tools uh, in a test and learn environment. You know, there's whether it's Gen AI, uh, large language models, these things hold a lot of promise, but there's also, you know, some important byproducts to understand associated with them. So how to do it in a way where you're taking it offline, but you're making it as real as possible, but not impacting current systems before, uh, you know, so that, again, I I call it test and learn uh, so that you can see uh, whether this actually is going to add incremental uh, efficiencies without adding a whole lot of other risks. So working with the enterprises, uh, I think everybody, this is a, this is a big area. Um, and uh, some, of the, some of the tools can really take some of the back office, redundant, boring tasks that have to be done and, and streamline them. And so uh, it, it's, uh, I think there's a lot of promise there, but again, also some challenges. So, uh, we're looking forward. We we think that that that's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential there. Blockchain comes up. You know, we want to take another closer look. You know, blockchain or distributed ledger technology. You know, on its face, you look at what it's doing in other companies and supply chains, and you say, seems like this would work well in mortgage. Why hasn't it? Is it legacy costs? Is it who pays the bill? Or, or is it just that you know it's not needed? We're not sure yet. So, but we want to uh, we want to really study it before coming up with a conclusion for or against it. We th- we think that it's uh, it it's definitely has some some value, but you know it, it's uh, it's important to also understand that there has been a pretty big legacy 
systems uh, put out there, and uh, you know somebody's got to pay for all these things. So 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 trying to make sure we're we're being uh, practical and smart there. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Those existing costs don't just disappear <laughs> overnight. Right. right. Yeah, right. so making that transition can be challenging, and um, you know certainly your your point on artificial intelligence and machine learning. I mean, there's a lot of promise there, um, as well as with you know the use of distributed ledger technologies and blockchain. Um, but you know, of course, with AI and and ML, I mean, some of those data sets uh, can be inherently biased. Of course, the administration sure. at large, including the FHFA and the banking regulators like NCUA, are working to eliminate appraisal bias, and so um, that's part of a larger discussion. Uh, a lot to break down there with the use of these new and emerging technologies. Certainly. No. No. No, I mean they have the the potential. You know, it's it's like anything else. Their their potential for for good and creating greater efficiencies, uh, issue spotting, risk identification. You know, they can take things and and move forward at a much faster speed. But just like anything else, at that faster speed, if there is a problem, the risk shows up faster. It's uh, not as always as easy to catch. And uh, and its uh, impact is is magnified, so that creates all the need to also make sure any of this is done in a in a control environment that's geared towards this new technology. So yesterday's risk controls and governance are likely not going to be sufficient to uh, to contain and deal with some of these things. So making sure that that stays uh, at pace there, uh, yeah. Now you mentioned that you know, there were some like fintech-like companies that that participated in in this tech sprint. Now, fintech companies have steadily comprised a a larger uh, or growing market share for you know mortgage lending and servicing. Have you identified any challenges with the increased market share of fintech companies in the mortgage lending and servicing space? We haven't. Um really dug into that's a good question and uh we have not uh i think spent a lot of time on that particular issue i think it's really been you know what's the scale that some of these companies uh can provide you know you you uh, it, it's challenging uh, there's some great companies out there with some interesting ideas but uh, you know, how do you scale that to some of the large lenders or to Fannie or Freddie so that they could actually use some of these tools? And also, what's behind the uh, what's behind the ideas? What's the uh, you know the uh, you know the importance of vendor management? You know, all of a sudden, this looks like an interesting product, but uh, you know, how solid is it? You know, how have the algorithms been tested? Uh, you know, those are those are key things as well. So, um, you know, I think that many of these fintechs, they, they provide an important service because, you know, large companies are often not able to be as nimble. So, uh, you know, some of the things like we use in our house are tools that, you know, are very helpful, whether it's uh, financial education with my kids and uh, you know, I could say, "Gee, why didn't the bank come up with this?" But you know, there's uh, there, there's a lot of other things going on at some of the big institutions, and so you know, some of these fintechs are come are able to sort of focus on some particular issues and come up with some great ideas. So um, I think we've benefited a lot 
from the uh, from the innovations. Uh, and uh, you know, our idea here is to you know just make sure that um, we are uh, we're embracing it, that we're helping uh, nurture these ideas, but also being smart about it, making sure that we uh, we understand that they need to have the the systems and controls in place as well to play in this space. You know, you're dealing with, with when you're dealing with uh, mortgages and lending and, and and the home. This is one of the most important assets, and 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 so, you know, it's uh, the the trust has to be there, the transparency has to be there. You know, there are many people that are like, you know, I'd rather deal with somebody in person. I don't want to be dealing with online. I don't want to be given my password and log into some company. And so, you know, again, we need to be making sure that uh, anything that's done here is is from a place of of promoting and, and enhancing uh, that confidence. Uh, and so, uh, that, that's that's key as well. So it's a it's a challenge. I think these companies that are coming up with these ideas, uh, you know, and 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 right now the market is pretty choppy. And I think some of the venture capital money that was maybe easy to come by a year or two ago is is not today. So it's a uh, it's a challenging time, I think, to be a to be a fintech. Uh, and uh, so, review what does the current you know competitive environment look like for mortgage lenders and servicers? Has it changed dramatically? I mean, I think in in some respects, I mean, I think you're you're seeing, you know, we we've seen a, a shift both from from banks to non-banks and doing certain things. Uh, I think that uh, the size of, uh, of of companies that that's shifting, just the relationship of of, you know, when I got my first loan many many years ago, you know, dealing with a a lender in person. In an office, you know that that's not the case. Even if if we're not talking about cutting edge tech, that relationship has changed, and uh, and I think uh, you know it's important to make sure that the um, you know the basic uh, arrangement and expectations are still are still there. But um, you know I think it's depending on how you look at the question. What's changed? I think you could say everything in some respects and in, in others when you think about the efficiency uh, and all of the many steps of the process you'd say this still seems like it's 1970s in some respects and some of that might be good i don't want to say that first off i was born in the 70s so there's nothing wrong with that but uh the point is is that is that where it should be are we using that um that technology because there's uh, either not an interest or ability to invest in, in the new technology, or is it that it's still working just fine? Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll have to continue to, to parse that out and, and get to uh, a solution or solutions to, to move forward. And that's you know part of what your office is tasked with and what these tech sprints will, will help figure out. Yeah. What do you think the mortgage industry will look like in, let's say, 10 years as technology continues to evolve and you know, be adopted by more and more players in the space? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when people talk about it at conferences, the, these ideas that uh, what it will look like 
people often say uh, didn't change that much. But I would, I would, um, you know, I would hope that we have uh, uh, processes that are adopting. So we're kind of looking at tech in different industries. I think sometimes that if you focus just with mortgage people, you might get you get changes that are sometimes you know on the margins interesting. But it's when the, you know the companies that are bringing in people from whether it's publishing or media or other supply type uh, environments, bringing them in to say, "Gosh, uh, we had that problem and auto or whatever, and we made these changes." And you know, we also had to make sure up and down the line there was a, a rigorous uh, trust process, uh, and we did it this way. You know. The thing I always think about why blockchain is interesting is so much of this is sequential. The information doesn't go to the next person in the chain until somebody has looked at that data, done their work, and then moved it forward. Well, I'm not saying that that's wrong, um, but it it it's it's not the most efficient way to do it. I mean, if there was a way to have a source of data where different um, parts of an organization can plug into it at the same time and say, got what I need, and then move it forward, I think you'd have a more efficient process. So, you know, we hope that there'll, that there'll be some improvements there, hope that there'll be some, uh, uh, some advances there so that, um, you know, right now, I think there's a lot of times uh, consumers provide their information a lot faster than they did the first time I got a mortgage. It took me forever to pull information together. So nowadays people are doing it much quicker, but it's still taking a while. So where is it? Where is it sitting in the process? You know, and and uh, how do we make that go faster? And then again, using the, you know, the the AI and ML tools to, um, you know, to allow people to um, to really understand what's going on through the process. You know, better prompts, better. You know, here we are. We are. You know, we're three days away from from close. You better have this, that, and the other thing. I, I could tell you a lot of times with me, you wouldn't hear anything, and then all of a sudden you get some call from somebody to say we're closing tomorrow, and you're running around. You know, we should should be able to have a process that uh, that kind of keeps the consumer uh, better informed as to as to where things are going. So I don't know. I I, I have a lot of hope that we will have a uh, not only a more efficient process. But one that's also more uh, c customer uh, friendly. Yeah, it may take some time, but getting to a place where you know what you described with the sort of multiple work streams, you know, leading into uh, the final product uh, at, through a much shorter time frame and window um, with a lot of communication to the the borrower and consumer seems like a good end result, but uh, it may take a, a lot more tech sprints to get there. Well, you know, one of the things we ask ourselves a lot of times is why do we demand certain efficiencies and speed at Starbucks or at other services throughout our day? You think about the things that you put up with, you know, five years ago, three years ago, six months ago, that you're like, I expect faster, more efficient, right? And there's many of them. And you say, why not in mortgage? And, you know, part of it might be, you know, 
People don't get a mortgage every day. You know, this is not a, you know, it's not something that you do often. And so you endure it. And so, you know, there's, there's reasons why, you know, we, we, we do it, but, you know, I, I think we can do better. And I don't think that that's a reason to say, you know, we, people don't have to get a mortgage every day or every year. So, you know, we don't need to make this, uh, uh, an efficient process. I don't think, and again, I think there's a lot of people out there that want to make it a better process, but I think that's something that allows some of the status quo to uh, to sort of seep in to say, you know, people aren't demanding it because it's not something that they have to deal with on a regular basis. Those things that we deal with on a regular basis, think about you, Anne, or, or me, we've, you know, uh, we've, we've, uh, you, we've, We've got a lot of uh, greater efficiencies there because, right, we're like, we, we don't want to do it that way anymore. So, but I do think that's something that's kind of helped mortgage perhaps be sort of on the uh, back burner as to, as to where we can go. But an important point from our standpoint is $13,000 is a lot of money to, uh, to produce a mortgage. Most of that is borne by the borrower. And there are many borrowers that were shut out of an amazing period to refinance because of those costs. And so when we talk about it from an access standpoint, which is very important to us, you know, to the extent technology next time can allow greater participation so that people that are stuck in much higher uh, uh, mortgages can get the benefit of that. You know, that, that's an important thing. So when we talk about access, it's important to talk about how, you know, the technological advances or lack thereof have a, uh, are a factor there. So, Yes, absolutely. And there can be a, uh, you know, generational impact there as well. So yeah. it's, it's important to, you know, prioritize those, those individuals and find ways for everyone to have access to, you know, the same benefits uh, as, as markets ebb and flow. So any, exactly. any other, yeah. uh, uh, closing remarks for, for our viewers and listeners? No, this is, this is great. And I, I appreciate it. I would, uh, I'd really ask that, uh, credit unions continue to reach out to, to me in my office, uh, provide us feedback, uh, you know, uh, attend, to the extent you can, uh, the uh, the events uh, again. I think credit unions are at a uh, the forefront of a lot of this, and uh, and it's important to make sure that uh, your voices are heard as we uh, as we move forward with some of these ideas. So, so really, thanks for having me here today, and uh, and for staying staying engaged. Well, thank you. And NAFQ would be happy to facilitate any of those uh, conversations. So. If anyone listening to this is interested in getting in touch with Jason, you can always get in touch with me and I'll get you in touch with him and we'll um, keep the conversation going. So thank you again for joining me today. It's been a great uh, discussion. Thank you to our viewers and listeners for tuning in to this episode of The Cup about the use of technology in the mortgage process with FHFA's Jason Cave. If you enjoy watching or listening to The Cup, please hit the subscribe button, turn on your notifications, and hit the like button. Um, please leave us your comments. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear about any topics you'd like to hear on, on a further episode of The Cup. 
Thanks again to everyone. And thank you, Jason. Until next time.